Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Today we're uh, in, in our second installment of In Your Elements, In Your Element. Um, so, but I want to start this by declaring over you today because the key word today is identity. Say identity. This is so important when finding your purpose or, or trying to get in your element. Um, but I want to start by declaring this over you today. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Because you have a unique and critical part to play in our lives. You are a part. You have a place. You're a gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this right off the bat. It says, you are the body of the anointed one. I love that. And each of you is a unique and vital part of it. You were made with a unique purpose and a unique destiny with a unique mission that God set up long before you were born. Look at this, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, God has created a path a plan filled with good things for each and every one of us. And when we accept that, we begin to realize just how important and valuable we are to him and we see his plan and purpose unfold right before our eyes. So you're, you're not, and I love what Emily said about the, the past because I don't know about you, but the enemy tries to sneak up and, and, and talk to us about our past. He loves to, um, he loves to bring up our shortcomings. He, that's what he loves to do. Matter of fact, people are really good at it too, if you think about it. Um, you, I could give you 10 amazing things that are happening, but as soon as I say the thing that's really not quite right, you're, you're literally, your focus will go right to that. Isn't that true? Like all of a sudden we just focus on the negative. Um, that's why it's so important for us to, to, to do the opposite. Paul said, think on things that are pure and lovely. He said, I want you to learn how to focus on the positive things. There's quite a few things out there to actually see and focus on that are positive. But we do tend to kind of look at that speck or look at that piece of dirt. Um, but, uh, but, but God, God does not look at your past the way that you look at your past or other people look at your past. And I think that the world attempts, sometimes people try to slap a label on us. That's really not who we are. So let me just say this. You're not what the world tries to make you. You're not what people say about you. You're not defined by your past, present, or future. In him, you are unique. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You're a child of God. Have you ever met one of those people who seem to have it all together and there's this flow, this ease, this sweet spot in life? You might say, man, she hardly ever worries or he's always smiling. She's got the Midas touch or everything seems to work out for him. And then you silently wonder, how could life be so darn easy for them? Maybe you feel a bit jealous, but also inspired. And maybe deep down, you know you want to have that life, but feel held back by something that you can't quite put your finger on. You know in your heart there's more out there, more meaning, more connection, more passion, more growth. If you're feeling that way, I want to encourage you by telling you that God is stirring you in order to discover you. And I believe that stirring or that something missing is simply purpose, living in your element. So last week, if you're here, the goal was for God to polish us off. 
It's kind of a little bit of a theme there. We polish this off because like I said last week, we tend to get dirty because life gets messy. Isn't that true? Are you guys okay? We, we, tend, we, we live in a world, we, we, tend to, we tend to pick up stuff. Do you notice that? We just tend to pick up stuff mostly unintentionally, carry things we shouldn't carry, but we get dirty. But God wants to find us and love us and polish us and deliver purpose to us. And when he finds us, he always pulls us out of something to set us free, to set us on the path of our destiny, to place us in clear view for all to see a glimpse of his glory. That's right. You are a gift of God that displays the glory of God. Purpose. Say purpose. Purpose really begins when we answer the why of our life. W-H-Y. The why of our life. Uh, you, you may have heard this question many times. Why was I born? Why am I here? What is the meaning of my life? So my prayer is that God would begin to show you the why. Because when people find their why, they find their way. So I see purpose like this. A purpose is like a target to me. So here it is. So purpose is like a target. And on this outer ring is, is, is what. It's just what. It's, it's, it's what we do. Your school, your work, your business, your family, your retirement. We're all doing what right now? We're, we, we all know what we're doing, right? Everybody's doing something. That's easy. That's the thing that's seen. Oh, you do that? Okay, that's what you do. And we usually, we usually know how we do it, how we do something, how we do our job, how we further our education, how we take care of our family, how we run the business, or how to live retired. But many people can't answer the why. The why. Why do I do what I do? What is the ultimate purpose of my life? So let's just take church for example. We just got done singing about God and singing to God. Now we're listening to an incredible message from an amazingly handsome man speaking, be quiet, rich, to hear God and to be encouraged, challenged by him. Whatever. Get out of me, fly. <laughs> like I said, one day, you're not gonna, when I get to heaven, you're not going to recognize me. Full head of hair. Like I said, there's going to be a fan over here blowing. You're like, is that Pastor Dan? Yep, that's Pastor Dan. <laughs> we all know what we're doing, right? We're, we're, we're praising God. We came here to go to church, and this is what we're doing. Well, what about how? Well, how is we, we want the Holy Spirit to move. We, we, we want to we we like be a part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, right? We, we want to have a listening ear. It's how we do this. We want to we wanna have grace and faith. We want to have focus in this moment. That's how we're doing church right now. But why in the world are we here? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? So let me tell you my why. Because Jesus changed my life for the way, way better. I was trapped. I was lost. I was wandering. And Jesus found me and rescued me. And now I want to let him know that by lifting up my hands. And I want to help others to know him. That's my why. 
That's why I can get up every day and know I have purpose because that's, that's why. That's why I'm in church today. That's the why of church. It all started in 1994 when I prayed a simple but desperate prayer from the bottom of my heart. And I have a why. So in order to discover your why, first, you got to discover him. Because only God can provide your true purpose and your true identity. He made you, he formed you, he knows you inside and out. Psalm 139 15, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. See, only God can provide your true purpose and your true identity. For half of my life, I was doing a lot of things. I was a decent person but very lost, especially when it came to purpose. I was accomplishing things. I went to college. I spent a few years in New York and L.A. working in the music industry. I had a business, but I was still unfulfilled and lost until I surrendered everything to Jesus. And it was then and only then I began to discover my purpose. I started to understand the why. You know, Paul said the same thing. He said, I count everything I ever did and have ever known as garbage compared to knowing Jesus. And he accomplished so much in life. One more time, only God can deliver purpose. Only God can provide your true identity. So here's that principle. I'll show you right here. Jesus himself speaking in Matthew 4, 18 through 22. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you. You can stop right there. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James and John, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. These guys knew what they did, fished. They knew how they did it, but they didn't know why. They were fishermen, but unfulfilled. They were business owners, but not internally blessed. But Jesus was about to change everything. If and when they followed him, he would lead them into greater purpose. He would point them to the why of their life, and he would help them hit the bullseye. And I think this is interesting. Go back to verse 21 and 22 for a moment. Matthew 21 and 22, I think this is, this is, this is good because when, when, when Jesus went to uh, talk to, um, to Peter and Andrew, he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But when he got to John and James, we don't see that phrase there. Yes, he called them. Maybe he said, hey, boys. It doesn't say that there wasn't, he didn't say the same thing. Here's, my, here's my, my, my view of that. I think that when Peter and Andrew saw 
Or when James and John saw Peter and Andrew walking on the shore, they had a little more pep in their step, a twinkle in their eye. Something was different about them immediately, and they just said, hello, I want that too. My point is this. Somewhere here, it says, when you walk in your purpose with Jesus you will automatically inspire others to walk in theirs. That's why this is so critical. That's why God does want a pep in your step, a twinkle in your eye. Because people are looking, they're saying, man, I don't know where to go. But for some reason, they can look at you and say, I know where to go. Let's do a little little digging today, find purpose. Because purpose is a process of discovery, not invention. Purpose is a process of discovery, not invention. Here's the proof. Proverbs 20, verse 5. The purposes of a person, person's heart, are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. You already have purpose in you. Too many people feel they have to invent their lives when it's already in them only to be discovered. That's so important to know. The other way is frustrating. But in order to do that, we really can't go any further until we talk about this thing called identity. Say identity. I believe identity is the bullseye of purpose. Remember, your purpose is discovered, we said last week, when you find God. And when you find God, you find you. Your identity in Christ. That's why Jesus said this again, Matthew 4, 19. He said to them, follow me and I will make you into whatever you're going to head into. But I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make you. It's so frustrating to make our own way, create our own life, and in the end still not be satisfied, not fulfilled, still searching. Here's another truth about identity. Most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's thoughts. Their opinions are someone else's opinions. Their life is someone else's life. And I call that identity theft. Because we have an enemy who wants to steal our identity. We live in a world right now where identity is being attacked, abused, and confused. And without even knowing it, people have fallen into the trap of identity theft by worshiping something or someone else. Here we go. See, if we worship anything else instead of God, that anything will become our identity. I call that identity idolatry. Identity idolatry. Let's just take a look at this truth today. Because if identity is critical to your God-given destiny, we've got to get our identity back and guard it at all costs. First, an idol is anything that we love more than God himself. You're a good old Baptist message today. (laughs) An idol is anything, you guys, we love more than God himself. We are called the greatest commandment to love God with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Right? So, 
An idol is anything we love more than God himself. For example, when we're obsessed with work, overachievement, overcommitment, identity, idolatry creeps in. We've all been there. Come on, we, we've all been there where, where we took a lot of pride in what we're doing. And, I, and, and mistakenly and unknowingly, we got caught up in that thing we were doing. Am I the only? Have you done that? Has anybody been there before? I have. I, I said this before. I remember one day, one day I came home from, from church and things weren't going good. And, and uh, I, went, I came home and I just said, I'm, I'm being just honest and vulnerable here. I said, um, I said, Emily, I stink as a leader, as a pastor. I said, I, said, I, just, I don't feel like I'm, I'm very good at what I'm, what I'm doing because I, because I feel like the church at that time, at the time, wasn't really going where I thought it was, would, would be going. I just kind of felt that. I said that. I was, I was, and I, I thought for sure she would come over and come here, give me a hug. God takes the simple things that confound the wise, the foolish, you know, whatever. He's, he's like, I've got an answer for you. She didn't give me a hug. You know what she said? She said, that's pride. <laughs> I started crying. I said, no. She was so right. Here, here, here's the deal. She said, if and when the church is the place that you think it needs to be and, and it's, all cylinders are popping, which never happens in any church, but all the cylinders are firing, you're going to think it's you too. You think it's not going good, it's you? You think it's going good, it's you? I said, oh my goodness. That's what I need. It's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted her to make me some chicken noodle soup. <laughs> I want to get my blankie. Listen, that was so important in that moment because I was being unintentionally distracted by an enemy that was trying to make me think that what I do is my identity, how I perform. I found out that one plants, one waters, and God gives the increase unless the Lord builds the church, we labor in vain. So take all the pressure off of yourself, Dan. I know I'm not all that in a bag of chips, doing the best I can, but ultimately, this is God's house. This is one of his many houses that he has all around the world. And I'll do the best I can to keep my heart right. Because I'm not sure if this is going to get any better, just to let you know. <laughs> but I'll try, you guys. Oh, Lord, I got to dig myself a hole here. Listen, working hard is good, but working all the time is not. Psalm 127.2. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. We've all been caught up in something like that. So how about when we're consumed with people? Being more concerned with people or people pleasing or codependency or peer pressure. Or when we put too much emphasis on the future, consumed with living for tomorrow instead of living in today. We can even fall into identity idolatry when we exalt our suffering above God, allowing what we suffer from to identify us as who we are. There's a lot of names out there, and they're real. Cancer, COVID, come on. Anything chronic, 
It's real. But those names are not to be exalted above the name of Christ. His name is above every single name. And every knee is going to bow. So you don't have to let the enemy slap a label on you for the rest of your life because you had a struggle or went through something in your life. No. In Christ, we're new creations, right? Or how about stuff, things, those possessions that seem to define our identity? Reminds me of my friend Johnny Strickling who went to be with the Lord and he had his 57 Chevy. And every day, he said in the summer, he would, he would park his 57 Chevy in his front yard underneath a big old oak tree. And he would, but he said every day I'm out there with a, with a toothbrush um, on, on, the, on the hubs, making sure everything's really clean, the whole thing just sparkling clean. Everybody, everybody would drive by and know that John, that's Johnny Strickling's 57 Chevy. He loves his 57 Chevy. His wife started to hate that 57 Chevy because that 57 Chevy was taking up most of the space. And so, but Johnny didn't see it until one day a storm blew through, hit a big, huge branch on the top of that tree and literally crushed his 57 Chevy. But he learned something that day. <laughs> Identity, idolatry. <laughs> so, great lesson learned, hard lesson learned. Listen, I've learned, let me just say this in love. I've learned that identity, idolatry is sin. It's sin. Sin, put that bullseye up a minute. Sin is simply missing the mark. Like, let me just show you how this works. We all miss the mark, fall short. God is saying, hey, I want you to miss the mark. You know, we would say, why is Jesus? This is why we're here, because of Jesus, right? Our identity found in him. That, that's, that's, that's what we're trying to hit. We're trying to hit Jesus every single day. We're trying to focus on him, keep our mind on him. But we have an enemy who distracts us from this bullseye. And when the Bible says that, that sin will literally define as missing the mark. Think about that. Sin is missing the mark. How many of you have missed the mark? Come on, two hands up and a foot and, a, and whatever. We all miss the mark. Now, you, normally, we don't do it intentionally. It's usually an enemy saying, hey, Dan, look over here as I'm trying to shoot for Jesus. Hey, Dan, what? Oh, bam. That's what happens. That's how he does it. He just distracts us. Remember, Adam and Eve weren't deceived first. They were distracted by a little voice. I mean, Adam was distracted by the beauty of Eve, and Eve was distracted by a snake up in a tree distracted, distracted, not deceived first, distracted. And every time the enemy tries to distract us, we shoot somewhere else, shoot at stuff, shoot at people. And, and, and God's like, no, 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 don't do that. It reminds me when, when Levi shot his first turkey. I'd never, I'd never been hunting before in my life. Yeah, that's right. You think I'm a real man? I don't care what you say. It's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm walking up in between services, I'm walking um, in between Josh and Dave, and, and these are men. They're having, you know what they're talking about? Sparks flying out of a machine. <laughs> and I want to talk about um, beanie babies. No, but anyways, real men, real Cadillac, real men in Cadillac. Anyways, uh, where am I going with that? I don't know exactly. My point is, I'm hunting for the first time. I'm out there with men, burly men that have hunted turkey their whole lives, generations of turkey hunters. And I'm in this little tiny 
thing. Levi's got a big shotgun. His first time hunting, he's the one that's going to shoot it. They're calling out these beautiful turkeys from the from the woods, they look like ghosts and they're coming out. And I got so excited, I started moving around. I want to jump up and down and celebrate. And these guys said, Pastor Dan, shut up. <laughs> How dare you talk to your pastor that way? They were right. They were right. They said, don't move. Don't breathe. <laughs> because if I did, you'd chase those things away. And we'd miss the target. Miss the target. Thankfully, I kept my mouth shut. Levi, Levi literally... Uh, Finally, eventually, as, as they got closer, shot the turkey. It was a large turkey for his age. It was probably like 13. It was like a, they thought it was maybe a national uh, record. But anyways, funny story is Levi's, after he shoots it, he's got tears running down his eyes. I said, oh, bud, here's, here's me and not a Northern Michigan guy. Are you, are you sad you killed that turkey? He goes, no, I was holding my breath for two minutes. That's <laughs> what he said. I said, oh, okay, he's a hunter. Um, God wants us to focus on the target. Jesus is the very center of that target. He brings the why into our lives. But it's one thing to miss the mark. It's one thing to mess up. We all do. It's another thing to be deliberate about missing the mark. I don't care anymore. I refuse to let Jesus show me how to shoot, where to shoot, and what to shoot at. Don't fall for that trap. That's a distraction. Identity idolatry is just sin. Can we call it for what it is? Sin. Whenever I put something, I love something more than God, it's just missing the mark. And the problem is, is when I continue to do that over and over again, I, I, I probably shoot myself in the foot. There's always a paycheck at the end of sin. Matthew 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's like, I, I'll give you, just, just make the right choice. Behind door number, number one and number three are just yuck, gross stuff. Door, door number two, right in the center, that's Jesus. And he has the gift of not only eternal life, but all the blessings in this life to have. And I'm thinking, why don't we just keep choosing door number two instead of going to the left or the right? Just keep focused. I believe what happens is, is when, whenever we start missing the mark, these are the things that happen. We become spiritually numb, paralyzed. We start drifting away from the basic principles of prayer, relationship with God, reading the Bible, gathering together in a church, sharing your testimony. Those things begin to diminish. People fall away from the Savior when they fall into sin. I'm not saying that you lost your salvation. I'm saying that you're, 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 I'm removing myself from the benefits of Christ, the anointing, deliverance, heal, all those things that God wants to stay close to him. I'm, I'm, I'm moving myself away from the target. You guys get that? Almost done, as far as you know. Listen, get your identity back by simply giving up your idol. You don't have to let anyone or anything slap a label on you. Just let God lavish his love on you. You don't have to fall for the trap of identity idolatry. Have one idol in your life. Not American idol. Not Billy idol. Let God be your idol. Exodus 20 verse 3. Look at this. You shall have no other gods before me. This is God speaking. 
This wasn't Moses speaking. This was God telling Moses what to say. And I'm thinking, well, that seems a bit controlling and arrogant, doesn't it? Why would God say that? You know why? Simply because we are prone to get into trouble. He's a loving father who does not want us to injure ourselves or others. As parents, we have to make certain rules at different times. And usually, nobody likes the rule maker. But why do we make the rules? Because I don't want my kids to hurt themselves. Plain and simple. Brush your teeth. Look both ways before you cross the road. Clean your room. Be kind to people. Stop making fun of your dad. See, by putting God first, we stay out of trouble and at the same time give the devil trouble. Isaiah 44, verse 6. This is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm the best. <laughs> Apart from me, there is no God. Listen, he's the only God anyway. <laughs> no. Buddha and Muhammad, no. None of that stuff. New Age, no. No. There's only one God. So all other images are false gods. They can't do anything for you except lead you and I into false hope, false love, false identity. So our loving, caring, heavenly Father says this to us today, 1 John 5, 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Isn't that good? See, in doing so, you'll discover God and you'll discover you. So let me finish with just giving you one word, tailing it down. That I want, it's your homework today. It's called yada. Say yada. Yada. It's a Hebrew word, yada. We don't pull a lot of Hebrew Greek out, but I could pull this one out and say yada. 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 Yada means to know by experience. This word is so important when it comes to identity because many people know about God but really haven't experienced God. See, I yada Emily. We are with each other. We laugh together. We cry together. We've celebrated together. We have mourned together. We talk with each other when we used to talk at each other. We walk together. We travel together. We pray together. Emily and I yada each other. I know her by experience. So you can know something about a person or you can know them by first-hand experience. Yada means to know in the sense that, God, I know you. I know you. I sense, I know when your presence is here. I know that when I read the Bible that you're speaking to me. I know that when I pray that, God, you're hearing me. I know that I know that I know. Yada. See, we tend to be overeducated and underloved, even unloved. And when we're unloved, we feel unknown. Simply because many times we nada the yada. We say nada to yada. We say no to really knowing God. We tend to give God the Heisman. When he just wants to get acquainted with us, get close, get real, have an experience. 
the more we get to know our Father and the love He has for us, the better we understand who we are and our purpose. And the more we will know our identity and the people around us will not just know who we are, but whose we are, that we are His, we are King's kids, we are co-heirs of the kingdom of God, He owns the whole universe, and we have His name. Did we get Isaiah 43, 7 up there? Passion translation? No? I'll, I'll read it to you. Bring me everyone who's called by my name. This is God speaking. The ones I created to experience my glory. I myself formed them to be who they are and made them for my glory. Bring me Bring to me, God says, everyone, everyone called by my name. Yada. He's saying, let's yada for a moment. Say yada. That's your homework today, yada. Yada with God. And if you're married, that's fine. Yada, have a relationship. Friendships. It all starts there. The more you know your creator, the more you'll know your purpose, your identity, and you'll find yourself living in your element. So today, just simply, let's get alone with the Father. Let's laugh with him. Let's cry with him. Let's talk with him. Ask as many questions as you want. Celebrate with him. Create with him. Follow him. Follow him, and he will take you. And as Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you. I'll make you. He will. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. I'm still discovering more of who I am in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for this moment. I thank you, Jesus, that today, God, um, we hear that word yada. We, we want to hit the bullseye. We want to hit the mark, God. The mark is you, Jesus. You are our why. You're the reason why we live. In you, we live and move and have our being. In you is why we exist. So God, today, we start there because everything flows from the center of you. Everything flows from yada. Experiencing you firsthand in a real way, authentic way. So God, we choose to yada, choose to get close, choose to move closer to you, God, today. Learn more about you. Get acquainted with you, God. And maybe for you, you just got to get away and get into a room and lift up your hands and, and just, just say, Lord, I just want to get to know you more. I want to get to, maybe you're going to take a drive today. I don't know what you're going to do, but just, just say, Lord, I, 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 I want to get to know you. I feel like I know about you, but I want to get to know you, be acquainted with you, God. So I choose to enter into that relationship today. Would you pray this with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I need you. And I choose today to draw close to you. To find you so that I can find me. My unique mission. My unique purpose. My unique identity. Jesus. You 
are my center. You are my foundation. You are my King and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, God bless you guys. Don't miss next week. Got some good stuff coming. Have a great, great day. Take care. Bless you guys. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac for upcoming events and information and